welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Stars Season 4, Episode 5, titled Roast in Peace. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one obstinate co-host. From AfterBuzz TV, please say to Jay Ellis. Hello, Jay Ellis. Hello, you inbred pig in a wig. <laughs> Jay, I see that you're giving me your traditional, though. You know, everyone knows Jay and I know each other personally. That's how he greets me every single time. I didn't know he was, he was going to be so informal on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Roast or not, that, that is our normal go to, like, hello, how you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, Jay, uh, how, how have you, you know, we haven't seen you in a while here at RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. You know, you've been here many times. You've been gracious enough to co host with us a few times. Uh, how were your holidays? How was your New Year's? What have you been up to? Update us. Update everyone in the world of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap what you've been up to. Yeah. So, um, my holiday, I mean, holidays for everybody else, it seems kind of like a manic, crazy time, but I am the person who orders everything online now. I have the Amazon Prime. So for me, it's just like another month. Um, the nice thing is, is that I do get a break from work. Um, actually, and I mean, you probably know the whole industry just shuts down. So does LA. Like everybody just leaves California to go see their family and friends and from the states that they're from. And since we're from here, it's so nice because it just clears up everything on the road. So getting around LA and doing anything you want in those, like that span of like two and a half weeks is perfect. Yeah. Um, And New Year's for me is so not a thing. I think I heard on, on your other podcast catching up that you guys were asleep by 1030. And I want to say that I was back home by like 1245, which I I did say for the actual like ball dropping. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I watched the ball drop on TV. (laughs) (laughs) so stupid um and then i i ended up going to bed pretty early that night too so i mean for me the holidays are fun i do get to see family that i don't get to see all the time mm-hmm. but it's you know it's just a, a normal normal month for me here it's nice how about yours were nice weren't they you had a good time yeah look i've I done it a few years in a row my friends mercedes and chris you know they have kids and stuff like that and so uh you know chris gets a lot of those screeners Right. So often what we do is like I go to dinner at their house and then they put the kids to bed and we watch a couple of those screeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't do that this year, but that's traditionally what we've done. We, we, we still got together. But I was the point is at 9 p.m. We, we do the East Coast New Year's. And then I'm, I'm usually I stay till usually I'm there for actually the actual midnight, actually, mm-hmm. because we're watching. We'll, we'll pause, you know, uh, uh, Philomena. <laughs> yes that oh my god such a memorable movie yeah that right? movie philomena with uh was it with uh dame judy dench and steve uh, judy coogan dench and cool cool coolidge is that his last steve name coogan coogan there yeah, it is yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah so we'll pause that and then say happy new year and they go back to finishing philomena this week, Manila is wrecked, Monet is gooped, and Monique is magish. The girls perform in a roast of Lady Bunny. Stacey Lane Matthews continues to make bizarre cameos. No one except Manila knows how to tell a joke. Cecily Strong is pretty weak. The girls keep gaslighting Manila. The girls walk the runway in angelic white, and everyone but the top two is up for elimination. On the main stage, Monet and Trinity engage in a lip-sync battle for their legacies. But in the end, they both won, and nobody went home. But... There's a twist. RuPaul announced that until further notice, all star rules are suspended. When the girls get back to the workroom, they're shocked when the eliminated queens are standing behind them in the workroom. J. Ellis, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. 
Great. I'll try to make it as succinct as possible. Um, the two things that I liked were, I really liked this runway. I thought mm-hmm. that we had a lot of strong looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, we actually got looks from the funeral, to, or, you know, from the them performing the eulogies. I thought that it was kind of a good episode for looks because mm-hmm. we got the all in black and then all in white. Yeah, um, good point. I liked the... Uh, even though her segment, what it did feel kind of weird. I love Cecily Strong, so I'm happy that she did the show. And just kind of an added on thing, I like that we got a um, a Rue walkthrough. Oh yeah, we got a table. We got table visits from RuPaul this week. You're right. Not for all the contestants, but enough to make it feel like an episode where we kind of could project who was going to be the bad, who was going to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something I didn't like. It's kind of hard. I mean. Uh, this one, it's kind of like, I think you guys had mentioned this on your show where the first few of this season, I really felt the, the, it would, you would start the episode and then it was done and you're like, well, where did the time go? Like, yeah. it just felt like it was a zippy show. Yeah. This one, I could kind of feel the time of the hour and a half on this one. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think it might be the absence of Gia Gunn for oh, the last two. Interesting. But I, you know, it, I feel like she just moved story or she was always filling the screen. It, mm-hmm. It's just something about it. So, um, this one I just could I, I noticed the time a little bit. Not that that's a bad thing, but it just wasn't as clean mm-hmm. as I've seen other episodes be. You know, I agree with you. And I was it's, it's so funny. I was talking about this last night. We do a first response for Patreon supporters. Like immediately after the show, I just give my first gut reaction. And I mm-hmm. talked about that. I, I felt the same way that you did. And I was thinking about it later. And I was I almost wonder if the editors were in a little bit of an editing pickle in that they not that there was much to work with, but that they really couldn't do too much drama-wise in the workroom. Otherwise, it would diminish what supposedly is a shocking reveal later. That makes sense? So that um, it's almost like you have the roast going on before, but they couldn't have too much going on uh, from an editing standpoint because if it's so dramatic, even though it wasn't... Here's the other thing, too, is you run... You This is a weird problem that Drag Race runs into. I think a lot of reality shows run into is when you... When you have these kinds of shows, the, the drama is always higher with the more contestants there are. And then as you eliminate them and the fewer contestants you have, the competition becomes more interesting, but mm-hmm. the actual backstage stage drama is not as interesting. They've gotten to know each other, they're more comfortable with each other, and, it's just, and the, there's not as much to do there. And that could be part of it, too. I think, I think maybe the backstage workroom stuff might become more, except with the exception of next week, might become more boring. I don't know. Well, yeah, and you said, I, I mean, we've had this conversation where you've said that with all rea- now the ones that have the after shows or the untucked, let's say for RuPaul's Drag Race, since that's what we're talking about, where one of untucked or the main show RuPaul's Drag Race will start off stronger and untucked will start off weaker. And then in the mm-hmm. middle of the season, they really have this shining moment where yeah. everybody knows that now they're making a TV show and they're having the drama, they're having the conversations. And then while one gets better, the other one kind of fizzles just yeah. because there's, there's like a swap in the power of the different type of shows. Yeah as contestants are aware a little bit more. Yeah. Untucked, Untucked is a better show at the beginning of the season and a, a slog at the end. And it, that's, yes, that's what you said. That's yeah. not always the case with RuPaul. I feel like last season, was it last, there was a season where like season six is a good example. That's sort of different. Like I feel like season six has an amazing, amazing start. Mm-hmm. And then it just, as you get closer to the end, it sort of fizzles out. You yeah. know, uh, well, like I mean, I do, Benny's. I do think, Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I do think that with with them coming back, kind of in these cold opens where we see Monique mm-hmm. talking about 
the report cards and Manila saying like she's going to go rogue and mm-hmm. feeling like the emotions of Latrice being gone. I think that we're kind of picking up where an untucked would normally have dropped us off at. And yeah. that's what I like about all stars is that they, they kind of combine the two shows mm-hmm. in the deliberation space, mm-hmm. which it kind of usually tightens up the episode a little bit and you kind of see what's going on more in their heads yeah. and like kind of what, what, where their decisions come from. So I, I'm happy that we got that kind of at the start of the, epi- at the start of each of these episodes. Uh, what I liked, um, I really liked Manila's roast. Okay, it I was, thought she yeah. did a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also um, really, you know, I really, you know, to be honest with you, I liked the runway. I'm not a big looks person, but I felt, I've seen different things online, but that people that differ from me, but I actually thought there were no train wrecks across the board. Like right. everyone, for the most part, in the angelic white runway looked really good, I thought. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not a fashion person, so maybe someone that knows fashion could like, go like, no, Monet, blah, 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 and Manila, blah, 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 you know? But I actually thought everybody looked good. I, I couldn't yeah. see any glaring errors uh, that I could see. And then, and, and I actually think the judges didn't really point out anyone that looked particularly bad. I thought they were sort of on the, on the nice side. Agreed. And, and then what I didn't like, um, and we'll get more into this during the roast section, but like I, I don't agree that Monet and Monique were the. I mean that Manila. I do. I agree with Manila was the best, but I thought everybody else was either average or subpar on the roast. I guess you have to be picky. I don't know. Uh, okay, so why don't we do this right now? We're gonna take a break. Oh wait, you know what, Jay? No, 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 no. Hold on. Too late. I'm already broken. <laughs> Come everybody, back in ten. Everybody listening, you need to know this. Okay, you have to stick around till the very end of the episode. That means, yeah, you have to listen to the credits. Okay, here's why. Jay, we're, we're making a, a surprise. I forgot to mention this earlier. Surprise mm-hmm. announcement at, right at the end of the show. After the credits, we have a special treat for you. Today was the roast of Lady Bunny. Well, also today at the end of the episode, very end after the credits roll and everything. The Roast of Joe Batance. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be hilarious. We have Jay Ellis, Evan Ayers, Tato the Latte Boy. They're all going to be roasting yours truly. Uh, and they're going to hold, they're going to pull no punches. Is that right, Jay? That's right. It sounds like it's going to be a good lineup. <laughs> all right. We'll be back right after this. And we're back. After Latrice's elimination, the girls walk back into the workroom emotionally drained from Latrice's elimination. What horrible writing there. Manila is wrecked because she lost her friend. Monique explains that the decision was made easier because Monet's scorecard was better than Latrice's. Manila removes her lipstick and reveals that she would have sent home Monet. Monet plays it cool, but in the confessional confesses that if she's on top and Manila's in the bottom, Monet is going to send Manila home Jay, your thoughts on this cold open and everything with the Manila drama? Uh, I kind of touched on it a little earlier. I do mm-hmm. like that we're getting kind of a, an immediate reaction from them walking back into the workroom. Um, I it didn't make sense to me that Monique said that it's based on a report card and that Monet's was stronger than Latrice's. I'm I do remember Monet being in the top, and La- Latrice had not lip sync for her legacy. I, I mean, is that really the only one that is the savior of the? Is that what? she's talking about well i know she was latrice was low in the snatch game but right. then i think latrice has made the argument that she should have she should have won perhaps on the talent show so she was high there mm-hmm. see it's not fair because the report card punishes someone like naomi who a lot of people have been arguing has gotten sort of the shaft this season who Agreed, for a yeah. lot of episodes has performed very strongly but has been ignored so does that someone does that screw over someone like naomi if you do this report card? look first of all it's all fucking bullshit 
Okay, mm-hmm. the whole thing is bullshit because the Trinity is sitting right there. And two episodes ago, she saved uh, Valentina because she was her friend. Okay, now look, the the truth was that Trinity had it easier because everyone wanted to see Gia go. Okay, right. but it was Manila. If you think about it, Manila who wanted to see Valentina go, and Manila saved Valentina. You know, it wasn't because she was her friend. So like, it it's. It's it's this weird editing because they do it throughout the episode. It's this editing choice that they're doing where it's like they're they're shaping Manila as a as like like it, it, I I rewatched the episode today and it was a lot of it was like how crazy Manila is and unpredictable and I was like, have they seen this show before? Like, she, what is she doing? That's so. I mean, that was literally uh, All Stars two. Roxy went all the way to the finals because they were she was their friend. Right. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I want to think that Manila is so attached to Latrice. I know that they have such a history and they go back, but I almost think that Manila was grasping onto Latrice because she is the old style of drag, kind of how Manila came up in the mm-hmm. show. And that, I mean, now Manila is one of the ones who is not as um, known or doesn't have the same fan base because all these girls that came in eight, nine, ten, or not ten. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, they they just have huge numbers and they, mm-hmm. they know what to expect from the show now. I think the mm-hmm. show has changed so much from yeah. season three and I'm sorry, she was season yeah, season three, season three. and all stars one where now they're they're making a show. Like mm-hmm. they they the producers are making a show and I think that Manila's kind of losing her mind because she goes, Well now here goes my ally who is who we would look at each other across the room and probably be like, wow, things have changed since we mm-hmm. were in this game. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's really missing Latrice for that reason. And because they have so much history and, you know, it's, it's gotta be kind of hard to go through this competition and lose a friend that you're so close to. And now you're, you're thinking, okay, now I just got to get through the next few days on my own, which got, which has to be hard. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. But that's why, you know, they've, they've had these sort of like dog whistle conversations in the show because they don't, they don't want the girls to be meta. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yes, you're right. They, the Manila and Latrice clearly didn't know. They didn't, they didn't recognize the show had changed so much since they'd been on. And that's why I think, I talked about this in a, in a previous episode, that, that's the conversation I think Trinity was really trying to have with Manila when Manila was thinking about eliminating Valentina. Oh, it was so coded. It was for sure. so coded. It was like, bitch, you, this is a different game now, and you don't want to do that because her fans are relentless and they are going to fucking destroy you in fact i was thinking that today when monique was kind of you know coming for valentine i was like bitch what are you doing you know you yeah go ahead it's true yeah when anybody says anything about valentine i get scared for them because i'm like you guys don't you have to know the repercussions of what you're saying (laughs) yeah but i I do I, i do like that monique i think in that cold open said that or no uh who was it yeah, Monique. She said, I didn't want to send Latrice home. I loved her. It's just that's that I went off based off what it is. So I think that there is a way to save yourself from eliminating a queen just by saying, I didn't want to do it. It's mm-hmm. just that's we, yeah, we that, all have to understand as an audience that this is the game. The queens are not dying when they walk through those yeah. doors with that <laughs> yeah. little tweeter head. Yeah. They're not dead. You can go support them and that, you know, they just need a platform. So yeah. we just have to remember that they are not gone. Yeah, it's just a bummer that we don't get to see them on the TV anymore. You're right. Anyway, what I was going to say to get back to the story of the show is that what I don't get is why this is Monet who, on episode two, when Manila was so, so upset about having to eliminate somebody, 
was like, oh my god, girl, get over it. It's just a show. It's just like this, that's the way. That's the name. You know what you signed up for. That's the way mm-hmm. the game is played. But then when it's her fucking name on the the lipstick all of a sudden now it's personal all of a sudden now oh i can't believe manila did that how dare she blah 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 blah. next that that same episode we know spoiler alert monet is in the top two she's like oh this is so hard i'm like bitch do you remember two episodes then also see this is the this is the problem that we run into this and starting now is i don't know whether to believe the edit or the story of the show because that and this is where I'm trying to figure out what was going on when Manila got up to go get changed and thought all the girls would get up with her, and they didn't. They just sat there and stared at her. I'm trying to figure out what was going on. What did we miss? Did we miss something Manila said, or is this something the editors totally played with to make it seem like it was shade towards Manila? Because again, like I said, okay, Monique and Monet, I get it, but Naomi has been had nothing but love for Manila. Uh, mm-hmm. And Trinity and Valentina, they just played the same game two weeks ago. So what do you think was going on there? What, what what was your take on that moment when Manila was trying to walk away from the couch to go get undressed? It looked like if you – I, I want to say if you follow Trinity's eyes, it almost looks like she shoots her eyes to a producer and then back to Manila. So I think that oh. they had not got permission to leave the couch yet. So I kind of oh. want to say Manila was like, okay, I'm done with the conversation. And everybody else was kind of like – Ooh, are we are we wrapped? Are we done? Like, can we get out of drag? Oh, I, <laughs> I would. See I what would. You're I, I mean, I kind of want to say that I is. saw that. Yeah. So maybe maybe watch that part again and just see if you see anybody's eyes move to like a a Sarge or Rizzo or a <laughs> Duncan. Yeah. No. I, no. Yeah. I th- yeah. You're right. No. I th- I think <laughs> I think you're right. I think that's exactly what it was. I was trying to figure out what was because I I knew it wasn't that did, that wouldn't make any sense for the girls. They're not like that with each other. So I was like, what did the editors misinterpret there? And you're, you're right. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. Because yeah. you're right. Those girls don't want to be in drag any longer. You know, they're they're so tired by this point. The yeah. last thing they want to do is sit there still in drag. So Manila had already ripped off. I mean, I think Manila had had just a long day, and she'd already ripped off her wig and the top at that point. Yeah. So I think she, I think she was just kind of over the rules for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, since we're on Latrice's elimination, I did get a um, a tweet a tweet yesterday from a listener who went to uh, I think went to Roscoe's uh, yesterday, and uh, it was hosted by I believe I'm going to look right now. I believe hosted by I know Latrice was there. I want to say it was Bob and Latrice. Okay. Oh, that'd be a fun show. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It was Latrice and Trixie Mattel. And oh, okay. he said she had some minor tea. He said Latrice said that, Latr- that, uh, that Latrice was the one who taught Monique how to keep her wig down. Oh. Which she didn't give Latrice credit for on the show. And then uh, she shaded her for it. And so Latrice shaded Monique for not giving her credit on the show. Because on that very episode, her wig stuck on. And it's because of Latrice's advice. And then she eliminates her. Yeah, was it you, Larry, or Taylor who said, like, you don't come to Drag Race and then learn how to put your wig down? <laughs> it's Larry. I don't think a Larry quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I think Larry said, and I'm just thinking, true. Like, how how are you going to come onto this show and not know how to, like, I, I don't know how to do it, but I would yeah. think I would learn if I was going on a drag competition show. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, it's so weird. Also, Latrice. That's weird. Also, Latrice said that she was, and she being Latrice, Latrice was high often during the show, which contradicts what Larry Flick said about them not being able to smoke weed. Um, mm-hmm. 
So those were a couple little bit of interesting tea since we're leaving the Latrice part of the show that Latrice spilled at that Roscoe's event with Trixie Mattel. All right, moving on. The next day, the girls gather around to welcome RuPaul as she arrives to announce this week's maxi challenge, the roast of Lady Bunny. The queens need to write and perform a hilarious eulogy for a mock funeral of Lady Bunny. Because Monique won the last challenge, she gets to set the lineup for the roast. In the workroom, the girls gather around a work table to craft their jokes. Monet reveals that she's she's crashed several funerals to get some free food. Later, Trinity approaches Monique to ask about the order. Monique casually places the girls in the lineup right then and there, as she places Manila last because that's the hardest position in a roast. Also, Monique later says that it's because Manila's really good at comedy. Later, Trinity and Valentina talk about their jokes, and Trinity is gagged at how bad Valentina's jokes are. Jay, your thoughts on the whole bits in the workroom? I I don't think that Monique was sabotaging Manila by putting her at the end. I kind of isn't that kind of the high spot? That's where you want oh, to be. Oh, very interesting point, uh, Jay. Here's the deal: in a roast, it's the opposite. Oh, I, hold on. Yeah. Let me see if I remember. Now this all just came screaming back at me. You want to be in the middle because you hear people's jokes, but you can also say jokes without having repeating anything and not tailor like editing them. At the end of the at the end of the roast, that's not a bad position either. The beginning the, in a roast, actually, the beginning is the easiest one because you you get the first crack at all the jokes. Okay, you know, but there's no warm up or any, I mean, there's no well, the host. host or generally, there's kinda... a host. Generally, there's a host, and so the okay. host really has the easiest position because the host gets the prime. He's the host. Uh, he's the roast master, and the roast master gets to go first. Right. You know? Okay. And so he gets all the first jokes, but technically he's first, but he gets to do the first, all the obvious jokes he gets to do. You know, mm-hmm. RuPaul's old, Lady Bunny's old. And so you're like, oh, fuck. And so the further down the line you go, you see your jokes get ticked off one by one. Yeah, Jay, like, for instance, I think you're going to go first, and whoa, you're going to get a first crack at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, um, the point, but yeah, it's harder to go last because all the jokes have been taken. So you have to. That's why they would always put Lisa Lampanelli at the end of the because she could. She was so strong that mm-hmm. she could go last and still crush it. You right. know, so uh, so in this case, it is a tough position. Um, but you know what's so funny? In this particular case, it wasn't bad because they were all so bad at the roast that Manila's job was not any harder or easier because she was the only yeah. one that did, sort of did a traditional roast. Well, um, with- Yes, when Rue ahead. said that it was going to be kind of in a, a eulogy format, I thought that was kind of cute and clever because it kind of gives them a little bit more to play with than just a straight up, we're going to have this person sit on the stage and you're going to tell jokes at them. Or mm-hmm. I don't, I kind of like that that format, you could kind of, it, it gave a little bit of a frame for you to start crafting a joke. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that sometimes Rose, like I'm not really a joke writer and you'll, mm-hmm. you can tell from my set, it's hard for me to craft something that goes like one, two punch. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in, when I did improv, it's more of a story and you can, mm-hmm. and you find like the moments in there that are yes. a little bit funnier yes, or more fun. But so this is, this would be a hard challenge for me, but I like that having the eulogy as a thing and you could come up with this whole story about the cause of her death or what her life was like, or mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a little bit more to play with than just a straight up, you're going to be roasting Michelle Visage, which is what they, wasn't that season nine? That was season nine, yes. Yeah, so it kind of gives a little bit, a little bit more to play with. Well, exactly. And, and you know, you're hitting the point that comes up later is everyone's, when Trinity goes and they're, they're going like, isn't Trinity supposed to be funny? You're right. She was funnier in a more improv or sketchy set. And they always can, it's the same thing on this show. Like, Cecily Strong is not a stand-up comic. She's a sketch comic. They should have had Cecily Strong. I know there's scheduling issues, but mm-hmm. they should have had Cecily Strong on Jersey Justice. 
where I think she would have been more helpful. Agreed. I think she she probably would have been a better judge. Yeah, she would have been a better judge for Jersey Justice, and uh, they could have gotten somebody else for the roast. Um, but uh, anyway, so the point is that you know they did they did the best with what they had. But the, what I'm trying to say is, uh, going back to what we were talking about here in the in the workroom is it, it again. What I don't say is that you know. Okay, I know I'm making no sense. I'm bringing it back around. In the episode, Monique says, I put Manila last because she's good at comedy. And, okay, I'll buy that, right? Because, remember, they just they just fucking criticized five minutes before. Manila, she takes things too personally. She's judging the show on personality and friendships and blah, 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 blah. You know, yada, yada, yada. How dare she? It's a report card, yada, yada, right? And then Monique, two seconds later. Oh, Monet, you're my friend. You get to go first. You know, and then you could say like, well, that doesn't mean because she's her. Fr- no, because she openly says in the confession, confessional in a really shady way. Well, Manila's so good at comedy. I figured she might as well go last. All right. Okay. Let's say that's true. So then why do you put Valentina right before Manila? If you're doing the order of how to make Manila look yeah, good. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I know. But Trinity, who's supposedly really good at comedy, she went right after Monet. Right. And we suppose they're thinking at this point that Trinity's so good at comedy. Well, why if Trinity's so good at comedy, why wouldn't you put her in a tougher position as well? That's why I don't... It's all fucking bullshit, and I don't buy it. I honor you, Monique. Facts are facts, America. You're gooped. You're gooped. <laughs> She's trying to throw so many catchphrases at this uh, season to see which one will stick. Exactly. It's what I said before. That's the problem. Someone on Reddit said this, and I totally agree. There should be a one-season ban from doing all... In other words, you have to wait at least a season before you go on All-Stars. Because she's coming right off... Like In other words, they filmed this in June. Literally, they've just aired the finale by this point. Maybe they're even mm-hmm. in the finale. That finale's airing by this point, okay? Yeah. So she's showed up to the theater, and everyone's shouting her catchphrases at her, and she's just coming off this season where like she and Monet are like this... You know, Monique, Monique was so the narrator of that season. And like so she thinks everybody is just all about her and the and the ooh, ah, ah, sensation and brow cow stunning and monet's with the sponge and blah 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 you know and then i'm like this is now eight months later and now it's what what we found so cute eight months ago is so grating now eight months later when when she walked out of this uh, workshop with cecily strong and she goes stunning i was like oh oh it was so cringy and awful uh, no no all right Later in the workroom, RuPaul pays a visit to the girls for the first time this season. Monet wears her eating dress. Valentina announces she's a star queen. Trinity just wants to perform better than she did in the roast in her season. And Manila makes everyone nervous by how much she is making RuPaul laugh. After the break, the girls have a workshop with SNL cast member Cecily Strong. Some do fine and some not so much. And Cecily doesn't seem to be really helping them as much as just watching them on stage. Jay, you like Cecily Strong. You know what? To be honest with you, before you say anything... I wrote this after watching it once. After watching it the second time, I, I changed my opinion a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh, go ahead with your opinion here on, the, on Cecily and, 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 the, and the table visits. Well, I think that having the walkthrough was important for this kind of challenge because Rue can kind of get a gauge of where each contestant's at. And I thought that her interaction with Valentina was the most interesting out of the table visits that we got. Because she, I think she's trying to push Valentina and say, like, well, what are you? Like, how do you see yourself in your drag persona? Mm-hmm. And for Valentina to say, I'm a star, a star drag queen, yeah. it's still, it, that's not really like an 
identifier because it, for me i get more out of like let's say a trinity mm-hmm. drag queen who can do the comedy give me looks and it's just like kind of an all-around drag queen than i do out of valentina i can appreciate what valentina does mm-hmm. but if if there was trinity performing at a club and valentina performing at a club mm-hmm. i think i would probably go throw money at trinity if that makes like because the star drag queen thing is not it's not what i want to see live that's, that's so, a, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. That's, that's a tricky one to. Per, that's a tricky one to say. I'll tell you why. Well, well finish your thought. I'm sorry. And I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why I disagree with you. Uh, but, um, there's just so much to cover. But with um, the walkthroughs, I thought that the the comment with Valentina being a star that was good. Uh, and then the Cicely Strong. So when you, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of. I think that she was editing, but she didn't want to make it her jokes. I don't think that. I honestly think that she was given instruction to not make suggestions on jokes because then it might be an unfair advantage because a lot of pe- the contestants would come in and say, let me read what I have. Or she would be like, well, just tell me what you have. And I think mm-hmm. that she is supposed to clean up what they've already come up with. Cecily strong. So yeah. I don't know how I, I just feel like sometimes they, these, these judges or these people come in to help them mm-hmm. and their hands are really tied because they can't really give advantages to people or they might give one person really great advice. And then they're like, well, I just blew my whole wad on, that one person, and now I don't really have any kind of different mm-hmm. advice to give to this next contestant. I see what you're saying. Um, but then, again, I don't necessarily blame Cecily Strong. It's just one of these things where, like, and I think I've actually used this example before. It reminds me of, of my time as a magician. Okay? Yeah. I was never a magician, but that actually speaks to my point. Is Look. I know a few card tricks. I still remember a few card tricks, okay? I need to know a lot of magic to get into the magic castle, but I still know a few card tricks, right? And, uh, but people will always think, well, Joe knows card tricks, therefore he can do entertain for children, right? But children's magic is a whole different ballgame, okay? Or, you know, and so, like, that's just not my bag, but they think, oh, magic, they do children's parties, right? Mm -hmm. And... It's the same thing here. Cecily Strong, she's on SNL, so she must know how to do roasts, you know? And I, I kind of felt even the little bit of advice she was able to give was kind of weak. Like, for instance, I've seen people, maybe, again, we weren't there for the whole thing. We're seeing an edited version. But I actually think, um, okay, okay, notice the laugh you got when you, when you called, what did you call me again when you, when you said hello to me today? Oh, uh, it was Valentina's line. Yeah, That's how Val- she started her set. Yeah, yeah. Inbred well, pig in a wig. Yeah. I think if they would have let Valentina sort of do her bit the way she probably originally intended, untouched by Cecily Strong, it might have been really funny. If you're because Valentina, Valentina's been doing this weird character mm-hmm. uh, this season where she's doing this sort of like, like um, surprised kid kind of character yeah. where she's like she's i don't know why i'm doing the face right now but she's just like making her eyes really big like she's just like a kid who's just been really surprised yeah you know and i, I she didn't do that in season nine but anyway if she could have done that there is something funny about going out there and going like hello you know i don't remember what her line was but lady but imagine if she just walked out and went lady bunny is an inbred pig in a wig and then just would have said that I would have laughed. And there's a joke where she says it was Cecily Strong and she goes, when she was going to, uh, uh, she was doing a whole joke, right? But Mm -hmm. there's an old timey roast joke she could have done where she could have been like, uh, and I think they've even done it on the show. Lady Bunny is such a whore. 
That's yeah. it. Lady Bunny's a whore. Like, and that's the joke. Right. Where Valentina Colt could have pulled off a joke like that, doing that character, and it would have been fine. And I, again, I'm only, this is where I'm saying, like, I'm acknowledging that what happened in reality might be different. But if we're going by the edit, if the edit is reality, that in yeah. the edit, Cecily Strong actually guided him incorrectly. She was like, well, I don't know about this and blah, 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 blah. You know? So I actually yeah. probably, I would have probably pushed him in another direction. I would have said, go 10 times that. Yeah. Be you the train like you could, but it is like what Trinity said, where we don't know if we're laughing at you or with you. Yeah. Like, so then, the if joke. you intentionally make it that you're, if you say, "Listen, this is what you're going to do," why don't you just make it that everyone's laughing at you? Yeah. Okay, but like, but that's why, like, the act that was just she told her, like, "Oh, actually, it was funnier when you were doing that thing with the mouth." Yeah, but then she tried to recreate it later, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Yeah. So I don't. And I don't know. Tr- Trinity, Trinity even said in her table visits that being funny is different from writing funny, which is something. Yeah, you're right. That, and that's, I think, kind of the difference with Cecily Strong. Like, I think she's just funny in her when she's on talk shows versus yeah. I don't think she'd do a stand up set. That's why I think like a Nikki Glazer, Ali Wong, mm-hmm. uh, Amy Schumer, these people who have experience, like roasts under yeah. their belts, mm-hmm. would have been maybe or, a little bit of a better person to bring in. Or Lisa Lampanelli. What is she doing? She would totally do it. I think she would too. I think, and yeah, I think these are people that have the experience and they would be able to give them better notes. But I, um, think, I also think it's important ahead. to say that Manila knows Lady Bunny, which kind of gives... Yeah, but I also think Manila has experience of doing roasts, because you can tell she yeah. does, because hers was a traditional roast, but we'll get to that in the roast. I do also want to touch on something that you said earlier, when you said you would pay to see Trinity versus Valentina. Here's the deal, though. The reason I disagree with you, I, I don't disagree with your premise, I just disagree with the examples you used, is Trinity is being is funny, but she's out of her comfort zone. But I think if you go see Trinity... Uh, the tuck in a traditional drag show that she does is going to be much closer to what Valentina does. Mm-hmm. And so I would much rather see Valentina doing that than Trinity. But if you were to say, I'd rather see Bianca, who would you see rather Bianca or Valentina? I'd rather see Bianca. If you're saying, yeah. who would you rather see Lady Bunny or Valentina? I'd rather see Lady Bunny um, or Coco Peru or, or someone who does comedy. You're yeah. saying, I'd rather see that. And you're, I agree with that, but that's not what Trinity does. Uh, I, I think the crowd I'm thinking like crowd work or if she was hosting a show or something but in a if I was doing like a meet and greet Valentina would be kind of where my money would go oh, I, it, really? it all ranges I guess I don't know I think just because like the I, I feel like the illusion or the uh the presence that is Valentina is something that I would want to see in Let a me meet ask and you greet this question you're at drag can okay yeah drag can drag can and you they tell you we have a front of the line pass for you to any of the queens here, who, who but one, you have one friend of the line pass. Who are you? Who are you going with? <laughs> well, Valentina's people would never say that because they were so rude to us. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I they, were, they were rude to me too. I know they're horrible people. Yeah. Um. Who out of any of these queens? Mm-hmm. Honestly, oh gosh, there's two, and I think you might have the same. Just because I met Tammy Brown, yes. I, I yes. wouldn't go with her. I would do Alaska. I think yeah. Alaska's mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Or Bianca. Yes, those are all good ones. The biggest regret I have is at the last, at the last drag can when I was there, I was walking around the floor, and this wasn't. This is not a sad story. This is not like like every time I walked by Pandora, it was the her booth was she was just standing there bored. Mm -hmm. This is like I I would walk by Tammy multiple times, and she had a bunch of people there, right? But just there was this one moment for whatever reason where she was just sort of standing there, and there was no one there. It was just like a brief moment, right? It might have been actually in that first VIP hour, so they're Mm -hmm. all everyone's trying to get with the big big people, 
And I kick myself for not approaching her and talking to her because I love her so, 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 so much. And yeah. I should, she was just sitting there doing nothing. And I should have just approached her and talked to her. Um, but yes, Tammy Brown would be my friend of the line. For sure. Um, I think I agree with you. I think Alaska would be great. And I think, um, you know who, you know what's funny? And I'm actually going to criticize this person even later today on the episode. But you know who I've always, now maybe you have different stories than I do. But I've never seen someone whose persona one-on-one or in small groups is so different from their drag persona is Willem. I feel Willem's Willem would be fun. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Willem, and people who haven't met Willem or seen Willem, he gives this really, like, cunty, mean, like, you would, you'd be afraid to meet him kind of uh, energy. But the yeah. reality is that every time I've seen Willem in person or been around him, he is actually probably one of the kindest and most generous drag queens I've ever seen with his fans. Yes. Like, it's never, like, don't take my picture. He's always wanting to take a picture. Is super nice and sweet to them. And I think that's something that people don't realize. He's, he's actually a lot nicer and approach more. He Of all the queens that I can think of, I would put him at the top, at, at very close to the top, if not the top, of the most approachable queens. Absolutely. I think Willem is along for the ride and loves everything that is happening for willem right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and i agree i think that i hear nothing but compliments towards willem Mm -hmm. from people that have worked with him or her you know depending on um and then uh yeah i think that it's an abrasive like when you first meet i I would be intimidated actually to do the interview because i think i would just lose control Mm -hmm. not out of my own hands but i just think that willem is so experienced and just knows the right things to say to make you just feel caught off guard and i Mm -hmm. think that he takes he like relishes in that feeling yeah but uh, you're right. I think that's what makes people afraid to meet him. But I've actually only seen him being nothing but kind to people every single Agreed. time. Um, in fact, you know what, too, is like a lot of times in these in these shows, when you go see someone host like a drag race show, the drag queen is like secluded in a corner and will come out and do her thing. And like Willem's on roller skates interacting yeah. with people. Like, yeah. uh, is very, very out with the people. All right. It's Elimination Day, and Manila finds Latrice's cover-up. This opens up a session for everyone, especially Naomi, to play to pile on Manila for trying to save Latrice. Manila saves some magical phrase that forces Monet to forgive Manila, and then Trinity talks, and we go to break. Uh, Jay, any thoughts on Elimination Day before we go to the roast? This is kind of the, the mirror moments, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, really everybody just confirms kind of how they're still playing the game. And Manila, to quote her, says, I'm going to do it my way when it comes to doing it my way. Um, which, I mean... And then everyone's like, oh my god, Manila's so crazy. <laughs> we don't know what we're going to do. She's she's just, she's just a, a, a ticking time bomb. And I'm like, what are they talking about? But what's so funny is, I think each person individually has said, there's no rule book for this game. Like, <laughs> yes! there's no... Like, they all they all know that it's... You're, you're supposed to be a wild card. It's And it's, look out for yourself. I mean, I, I don't know what it would be like for me because I've never been in this circumstance. Mm-hmm. But if I knew that $10,000 was on the line each time and these people are not going to their death when I eliminate them, mm-hmm. I would like to think I'd play pretty cutthroat. Like, it may it may look bad, but mm-hmm. man, that's that's... You can make yourself a name like you could and make the money and stuff. Like I know that it's hard to do the friendships and get rid of them, but it it, ultimately it's like survivor. It's like amazing race. It's like project runway. These are games. And we have to remember that. I'm going to burst this bubble right now for them. Okay. Which is. If that's the case. Okay. Then I realize, by the way, I realize it's because the producers make them do what I'm going to say. I realize that, but if we buy into the narrative, if that's the case, 
that they have to uh, they're going by the report card. Then why do they do those little um, one on ones during the deliberations? If the report card is done, yeah, that's true. What's the point of the of the trying to sway anybody? It's a report right. card. That doesn't make any sense. So, like, it's a report card. I just did a report card. Okay, then why did you meet with everybody? Why did you waste everybody's time? Like I said, I realize that they're forced to, but it just it's 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 so dumb. All right, let's move on. Uh, it's time for the roast. According to the edit, Monet, Monique, and Manila perform well while Trinity, Valentina, and Naomi bomb hard. Then Lady Bunny finishes the setup with her own roast and shows everyone how it's done. Uh, Jay Ellis, any thoughts on uh, the roast? What were your thoughts kinda, on the roast? Uh, I do agree with the the top two being Monet and Manila. I yeah. thought that they were the only two that really hit hard. And to, to extend on that, I think that Manila actually followed the rules of the roast, and yeah. she kind of went for the entire stage mm-hmm. as opposed to just directly Lady Lady Bunny or RuPaul. Mm-hmm. Because I think the whole point of a roast is to kind of really burn each person who is involved in this thing. Is that? Mm-hmm kind of accurate yes. so when she was making jokes about lady bunny she was talking about the the ashy eyelashes belonging to monique yeah. which is a burn onto both lady bunny and mm-hmm. monique you're kind of playing this this role of hitting two people mm-hmm. two birds one stone but it's a funny read but it's not malicious mm-hmm. i think that she really straddled that line of being able to tell a funny joke mm-hmm. And make it sound biting, but when you really break down the joke, you're like, "Oh, it's just like a funny, like a, like something that they would say in the workroom." Mm-hmm. But she I, just had the yeah. delivery, the timing. I thought that Manila was the star of the the roast, yeah. and um, I mean, a real quick rundown. I don't. Yeah. I, uh, Valentina's was. <laughs> I don't understand if she didn't have her eye makeup done. Yeah, why she wouldn't have said. It's morning, Rue. What, what part of morning? Don't you understand? I'd like to leave them on. And then if Rue said no, just say, well, it's my time now, bitch. Or, you know, like you could keep them on if you didn't want to show your eye. I, I thought it was or a just bit not, at first. Not, not call attention to it. it. Or not call attention at all. Like it was just so weird to acknowledge it if it wasn't part of the bit. Yeah. So I thought that was a real big misstep. Um, Trinity's was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that she had that vegetarian joke in where she goes, She may have. She may have. Okay. I know. But it was so it made me laugh cuz I'm like that makes absolutely no sense where she's like Lady Bunny looks like a fat pig and now her parents are vegetarian now. Whatever the joke was I'm like excuse me. <laughs> like <laughs> what is happening? It was almost like a um where uh Kendra Michaels on her snatch game where it makes no sense at all that you're just laughing at yes. what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I was hoping for more of those. Well, cuz you know what's funny is in Naomi's um time with Cecily, she read some jokes mm-hmm. and they were stronger jokes than what we saw. So I'm okay. wondering if we just saw a weak version of what Naomi cuz there was the the uh so a joke about Lady Bunny having more lines in her forehead than legal paper or something like that i don't remember what right. it was. i remember like oh it's not bad like they were some not but the but the, the criticism is still relevant which is for naomi every single joke was about how old lady bunny was yes and that was even a note that cecily gave was everyone is going to go for age so adjust it yeah and i don't know if she made that adjustment because it was she she said that she was playing up that millennial mm-hmm. angle but i don't know i mean i really think maybe naomi doesn't know lady bunny as well or didn't know i don't know what i don't know what it was but there was just like a, a hold back from naomi for me what did you think of monique but the pre- so she's the only one who did a character, which we've yeah. seen people be successful, like Shangela and Coco. They've mm-hmm. done characters and really excelled in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Michelle. I think that there were jokes in there, but there was no flow to the way that she told that joke mm-hmm. that I didn't know where the punchline was. Yeah. 
So she was saying funny things, I think, mm-hmm. but I don't know where I was supposed to be inserting the laugh. Yeah. No, I I, 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 uh, I agree with you. I think it, it could have been funnier. I didn't know if the jokes were necessarily there. But that's why I said they had it in for um, – uh, what's her name? They, 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 I think they knew who they wanted to do well. Like Manila, and they wanted Monet to do well because, like Monet, look, Monet's. I I rewatched it. It wasn't as bad as I initially thought, but it was. Mm-hmm. I I guess if you're looking among the other ones, she was the strongest of among them. You know, yeah. Manila was. In other words, there was not a close second to me. It's like Manila was far ahead of the pack, and then I guess Monet is the closest second. But they were laughing really hard at Monique, and she got high praise, and I didn't think she was much better than Valentina or Trinity. I, I, maybe because she was like. To me, shaking the fake boobs is so basic. But that's the that's the humor that RuPaul and Lady that's Bunny true. love. That is true. That is like true. She was playing up to the crowd. I mean, if I was going just off of this, if I had to pick a bottom two, I would say mm. Naomi and Trinity, just based on what we saw. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's move on. Are you, are you ready to move on? Have you said everything you want to say? I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I... I I just really want to hammer it in that Manila, I think, was the only one who really excelled in this challenge. I agree with you. And also, you know, it's it's funny. They don't usually have the person being roasted go. Yeah. And 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 roast back. And they did it this time. And I can't tell if that was a good thing or a bad thing because Lady Bunny was so funny and really showed them how it's done. Like, I thought almost every one of Lady Bunny's jokes hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, every, like, every joke, like... like I I thought I died and I thought I went to hell, but I don't see Lady B, I mean Bianca Del Rio here. Yeah, the even the Miss Vanjie joke worked, which you think that would be so played out, but it wasn't. Right. Like it was just a really tight, tight set. And I was, but I would say, but here's the deal. And this is what's not fair to the other girls. Even though I think Trinity was doing that roast tour, but Manila, I'm sure has been has done a ton of drag queen roast. They're constantly mm-hmm. having roasts with drag queens, so right. Manila has experience in this field. And that's why yeah. I think maybe it might have been an unfair advantage because she's done a ton of them, and so she right. knew how to do a roast. She knows how to write too, because I think my process was you figure out something that the person has, and you kind of develop a joke backwards. You kind of what's that word like where you retroactively write the like you you think big picture and then you whittle it down. Yeah, yeah. Am I, I don't think I'm using that right. Um, I do. I, I mean, also, I think it was Yvette Nicole Brown, one of the guest judges, who really had exactly what I thought. As soon as Manila came out in that April Carry On black umbrella mm-hmm. <laughs> and peeked through the lace and then shook her head like in disgust, I was locked in. I knew that it was going to be mm-hmm. like fire from that point on. I thought it was I, I, just that moment alone. I was like, well, she just won. Like that. That was funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're you're right. I, I totally 100 percent agree. And, and to go back to Monet. Uh, and someone in the chat room just said this too. A lot of her jokes were just old hacky roast jokes, right? You know, like the yeah. like the patient zero joke is like, uh, you know, I've heard that a billion times. You know, on the Dragula recap show, there was an episode where uh, they did something, and one of the drag queens did that like deep man voice as a mm-hmm. joke. Right. And my co-host Lori Roggenham, who does not that experience in drag, was like, "Oh my god, that was so funny." I was like, "Lori." It's every season. That's that joke is so overdone where the drag where the where the drag queen is all femmed up and then she does a deep voice. I mean that joke right. is like the oldest drag queen joke in the book. Yeah. Um all right, so uh yeah, so for the most part, 
I agree with the edit. I don't think Monique was as strong as she, they say she they, they say she was. No, I agree with Monet. The only really good one that I saw was Manila. All right. Great. Over on Patreon, our supporters are receiving hours of bonus content every week. Last week, they received a special From the Heart episode from yours truly, along with the return of Reclaiming Our Time with co-host Jamila Zara. We also met up with Evan Ayers to discuss all the rumors, tea, drama, and speculation from the world of RuPaul's Drag Race. We continued our coverage of Dragula Season 2, along with launching a new show called Fat Camp, where Lori Roggenkamp Camp and I try to lose weight through diet and exercise. All of this content can be yours by simply joining at the $3 Eat It level over at patreon.com slash drag race recap. Yes, that's uh, patreon.com slash drag race recap. All right, uh, we're going to take a break right here. We'll be back right after this. Now it's time for the looks. This week's uh, the look themes were angelic white. Uh, uh, Jay, any standouts for you? So I actually, just because I know how much you love the looks, I did a <laughs> a, a ranking of oh, my top. Oh, I like this. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I, I feel like that would make it easier, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah I like that. I'll do a, a little... Uh, description of what they were wearing just so I can jog people's memories and then so I'll go in the order that I liked the best so Naomi was my top she looked like Prince she did kind of the um, I don't know I don't know how to describe it like a long sleeve leotard Mm -hmm. kind of thing but it was puffy the guitar I thought that she was just in character and I really liked the gold accents a a lot of them did the gold accents Mm -hmm. so um, but I think that I think that she had it perfect Mm -hmm. do you want to add anything or should I just go through my list I have nothing to say. Okay, great. Um, second was Monet. I uh-huh. thought that it was kind of a Pope hat mm-hmm. with a long train, and then she took off the train. It wasn't really a reveal, but then she had the red heart and the red contacts, which mm-hmm. I really thought popped against the the white. And her makeup this episode was my absolute favorite that she's ever looked. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know if you remember, but she had um, red kind of a maroon eye that kind of went way up to the eyebrow mm-hmm. and i think it was the most it was the softest that i've seen monet look yeah it was actually and i like that the i think the blonde wig on her was a really strong choice mm-hmm. i liked that and the length was good everything was good yeah everything so was she good. Was my, i'll agree with that yeah yeah she was my number two uh my number three is manila mm-hmm. um she kind of went the grecian goddess kind of way where she had the the gold bra with mm-hmm. the draping white kind of it kind of like hang, hung over her shoulders and then the wings in her hair mm-hmm. um with the blonde wig and i thought that it was a really different look that i'd seen from manila i i really liked that she took chances and i'm really happy that she on the runway has been taking a step back from the black hair with the white streak because mm-hmm. i know that that's her signature but she's able to play a different character when she's on the the runway mm-hmm. are we gonna do some music well i have music under you but i was adjusting oh, the great. volume little bed uh perfect and then actually trinity is my next one up and the reason i chose her is her and manila both did this grecian look i just think that manila did it better Mm -hmm. um with the feathers i like the gold accents again but it was the the only thing that was a miss for me was the the huge i don't know like a pashmina or a scar it looked like it was crossing her whole body and it kind of just made her look shrunken down in not a good way Mm mm-hmm it wasn't exaggerated enough or it was exa- exaggerated too much. I don't really know how I feel about it. But okay. So she was my number four. Uh, my number five out of six is Valentina. Okay. Um, and she had, just to remind you, the white dress with the gold ropes kind of holding everything in. Or kind of like around. It was kind of worked through. Uh, her wig and makeup are amazing. 
uh, I like that Monique shade of you take three hours to put on the same face every week. <laughs> that was good, actually. Yeah. And um, I mean, but here it just looks like old Hollywood. If you look from the neck up that the blonde looks so good on Valentina that I, I I'm sure I've seen her like this before. But just that the the wave with the blonde looks so good. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was a huge misstep is that the dress didn't look like it fit her at all. A lot of people have commented on that online. Yeah. Yeah, so this this probably would have been my standout if it mm-hmm. just had the right fit. It just, it didn't, I don't know if it was the padding was different than when she tried it on, but not having a chest piece on this one, which I know that she doesn't wear very often, mm-hmm. was a mistake. It just didn't fill out the dress for me. All right, very um, And then last was Monique. And the only reason Monique is at the bottom of this list, I really like all the textures that she used. I like the big heart. I liked all the different, the shiny objects. I love the skull cap idea that she had the only thing i wish that she altered was we we never really see monique with legs and i saw her with that tina turner look for her lip sync i really wish that this was just like a a mini skirt i think that it would have brought all the proportions right for this Mm -hmm. but i like that she used i i I love queens when they use uh materials that are not practical for Mm -hmm. fabrics like the using the blinds and stuff i just Mm -hmm. think that it gives it a little extra pop and the the texture was cool i don't know if you Notice that. What are like, we talking about? I like having the, the the plastic mixed with fabric mixed with like a gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I just like when fabrics all kind or when different textures are on dresses. It always kind of makes your eye kind of dance around the whole body. You and Taylor and other people, you guys can love talk. I just, I literally just, it's like. It's the, it's the same feeling when, like, somebody, like, another like, straight guy or woman, like, oh, you know, like, Vanessa has huge boobs. And I'll be like, she does? Like, literally, <laughs> I see a woman, I don't notice her boobs. Do you notice women's breasts at all? I do. Yeah. I don't at all. Like, you can name a woman. I Okay, we'll use my friend Mercedes. I literally, I've known her since I was a child. Does she have big breasts? I don't oh, know. I don't know if I noticed when I met her. Yeah. Oh, you're I, saying you're asking yourself. <laughs> yes. Well, it could be you too. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Any yeah. of my friends, I don't know. Well, the way that I, I look at these looks is I kind of look and see, well, what do I like about it? And with Monique, I knew that I liked all the different textures. And I said, if I would edit this, if I think it was a good look, could I t- change anything? And for her, I knew that I would shorten it. But there's some people where if I look like when Manila came out in that one look, I think it was like week two. Mm-hmm. I was like, that show, like you just had to appreciate that, that was yeah. just an amazing look. There are times where I'm just like, it's great. I don't know what I like about it, but there are, and RuPaul, like when RuPaul comes out, like this week, she was in that kind of orange and pink yeah. day glow Barbie fantasy. I was like, mm-hmm. I like it, but I couldn't tell you why. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it was a good look for her. Uh, no, I 100% agree. Now, let me tell you this. Yeah, going back with that example I was using, I can tell a beautiful woman and a very ugly woman, anything <laughs> in between, I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's, and that's how yeah. I feel about fashion. So you're right. When something is stunning, you I know it's stunning because I even noticed and liked it and clocked it. Right. Or when something's awful, I'm like, well, if I notice it's awful, you're in really bad shape. You gooped, America. I'm gooped. <laughs> right. Stunning. I can't, go, I can't even go that stunning. high. That's literally as wow. high as I can go. Like, stunning. As much as we talk, I mean... We all, as a world, collectively have said, like, we're over the catchphrases, but I think each week, everybody continues to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stunning! Yeah. 
Yeah. Facts okay. So that was, that was my list. I tried to make it as quick as possible for you. All right. Thank you very, very much. All right. Here we go. On the main stage, a usually reticent RuPaul takes the unusual step to speak and pay Trinity a compliment, which he also did in season 10, by the way, to Aquaria. Yeah. After the critiques, RuPaul named Monet and Manila as the top two all-stars of the week, and everyone else is in the bottom. During the workroom deliberations, it's very, it's every girl for herself. Naomi is hating being in the bottom for the first time. Monique is very disappointed. Trinity is fighting for her life, while Valentina manages to have all the girls turn against her. Jay Ellis, your thoughts on the workroom deliberations? Why did everyone turn on Valentina? On a dime. Even Trinity. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? I did I know. miss something? Because Valentina... Because I think, again, there's this weird... There's this weird element of the show where I don't know how much of it they're just playing a character or they're actually being themselves, where if people actually... Manila's a good example of this, too. If people actually articulate what they're all thinking and doing anyway, that that comes off to them as extremely offensive and you should go home. So Valentina essentially says... I don't think I should go home because blah, 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 blah. And they're like, can you believe she just fucking said that? Can you yeah. just believe that she said she shouldn't go home because, well, also they think she's delusional. That she thinks she performed better than Naomi. Right. On, on this challenge. On this challenge, right? Or that she feels that she's in a better spot than Naomi. I think she's talking about in general, too, that because I think she mentions, well, I've been in the bottom once, but Naomi this and the money with that. And yeah, because like, Valentina's been in the top and bottom, but mm-hmm. Naomi has just stayed safe. So it's like, I guess, we're, if you're saying you're not making an impression, then that's worse than making an impression. Yeah, exactly. And but and, and even what's so funny is, is um, I think it's Manila, actually, it's not speaking about Valentina, because Man- Manila's trying to reinforce her own point. And she says, notice now that every if you, if you actually look at what everyone says, everyone's about even. How do you choose who goes home? Which is essentially what, the, the argument that Valentina is making. Well, I've done this and I've done that, but Naomi's done this, and so we're about even. I don't even know if she's saying that she's... Is she... I can't remember now. I have to go look at the episode again. But they're just floored that Valentina thinks she did better than other people and shouldn't go home. Meanwhile, do you think any of them think, oh, I'm in the bottom? No, yeah. Exactly. But she articulates that and then they go, oh, my God, can you believe she said that? Or can you believe that Manila was going to send home Monet? It seems, to be honest with you, it seems very clickly, I'm sorry, clicky and mean girl. And they've decided who's, in other words, there's this weird cabal that we don't, we're not aware of. And that these people it's, are now deciding here's who goes home and here's who doesn't go home. Okay. And because of that, anyone who speaks against the cabal that we don't know who it is, is now uh, persona non grata. And now they've decided that Valentina now is persona. They're, they're, they're the next person she's gonna, they're going to cannibalize. You know, but did so did it, this was a really weird point for the show to make it have four bottom people as opposed to two safe two bottoms, two tops. Well, okay. So this is what we're going to get into. Why don't we set a timer on this? Okay? Because believe it or not, Jay, there are people who uh, do not like spoilers and speculation. So, guys, I'm going to set an actual timer. All right? Let me set. I'm going to set it for, let's say, three minutes. Let's say five. Let's say five. Yeah. No, three. Okay? I don't want to spend too much time on this. Okay. Three minutes starting now. Okay. So, 
there are already rumors and tea and speculation. Oh, by the way, oh wait, hold on. Spoiler alert. If you don't like spoilers, jump three minutes ahead. All right. So there's already rumor, tea, and speculation that, and this is why I want to address this with, so when I talk about Willem later, mm-hmm. uh, everyone knows, should know I'm talking about Valentina. But you know about the Willem went on a podcast or on Reddit and said, you know, there's this major thing where RuPaul was fucked up and both uh, Monique and, Man- I'm sorry, Monet and Manila had Valentina's lipstick. In, yeah. And so RuPaul did this, you know, uh, rigor Morris, and she did this new thing all of a sudden to just to save Valentina. Okay. Right. So when I talk about this later, I'm talking about Valentina. But anyway, the point is the rumor or the thought in the Reddit community is that next week we know this for a fact they're going to do a lip sync for your life battle between each of the queens. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the speculation is that basically the returning girls in reverse order of when they came get to go to the lipstick box and choose who they're going to go against for lip sync for your life. So in theory, it's Latrice goes first. Then um, Farah, then no, no, then Gia, then Farah, then Jasmine. Okay, and that because they won, Manila and Monet are um, exempt from that. So you need four bottom girls. Okay, does that make sense? So because Monique, that everything was pre-planned. The double save was pre-planned. The no one going home was pre-planned. And in fact, that's what I'm going to touch on this later. But to clarify, in case I'm confusing, that's why they're saying that the the Riga Morris and Valentina's favor is irrelevant because if they really want to say Valentina, they just wouldn't have put her up for, they wouldn't, they, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, they Be- could have gone still with the 2-2-2 format. Yeah, they could have gone with the 2-2 format and done Naomi. They could have made a very strong case that Naomi could have been in the bottom with um, who, Trinity, you know? That's why I just didn't understand where the four versus the two or two winners four losers came into play yeah, but, okay and, all right and they, they think it's to set up the next episode that you're gonna have four lip sync for your lives and the two girls who won are um immune exempt okay yeah all right all right well, so any sense. other team we have uh, 40 seconds left uh any other yeah, uh, no I, I i had known i'll just say real quick i knew coming into this that willem had told about how much goes into keeping Valentina on the show because they know that they want to keep her. So I'm not, I knew that this was coming. And I I mean, even last week when we were booking this, I was like, Oh, it's the Valentina episode. I do want to talk about it. Cause I knew that the end was going to be like a a jaw dropping moment. Yeah. But now it doesn't make sense because either way, even if they did, she'd come back next week. Anyway, I think it's more of a production thing that we'll get into later that I think they just couldn't have her in white. Cause it, it, the, the contrast of the dark versus the white of the returning girls. Right. So I just think it makes more sense that way. All right. We're back from the. Okay. So that is the end there of, uh, of the spoiler section. Okay. So what we were talking about with, um, in, how did we, how do we even get into this? Uh, we were talking about why why there was four bottoms. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just the, who was throwing everybody's name out for their choices. Yeah, exactly. All right. On the main stage, Monet and Manila go head to head and lip sync for their legacies. The song Jump to It by Aretha Franklin. After the lip sync was over, RuPaul named both Manila and Monet as the winners of the lip sync. But before the girls can reveal their lipstick, RuPaul makes a stunning announcement. Until further notice, all stars rules are suspended. With that, RuPaul sends the girls back to the workroom. 
Back in the workroom, the girls find a lipstick mirror message from RuPaul herself, telling them to get ready for a lip sync for their life, 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 life. Suddenly, the image of Lady Bunny appears behind the mirror. She tells the frightened girls to go look behind them, and there stand the Eliminated Queens. And with that cliffhanger, the episode ends. After Buzz TV's Jay Ellis, any final thoughts on the episode? This was such a fun lip sync. Mm-hmm. I The energy, and it was the right two performers, because... I know that we've said that we've seen Monet's tricks before, but I feel mm-hmm. like she changed it up for this one. I didn't see any any of her old tricks that I had seen on the other things. The one thing I will give Manila for mm-hmm. is I love that afro and that change of look. Mm-hmm. It just fit that vibe in the song. And I think that she's really bringing it for the song. When she's lip syncing, I'm really, I'm, I, I vibe with Manila. I really like what she does. Mm-hmm. I feel like she feels the song. She knows it thoroughly and she's able to play it. Like she kind of enters a character. Mm-hmm. I really like that about her. If you had um, to choose a winner of this lip sync, who would you have chosen? That's a hard one because I really, I laughed more at what Monet was doing with the the mouth movements and the tongue mm-hmm. coming out for the, mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Like I, it was just something that I wasn't expecting from Monet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that my, I did generally go to Monet more than Manila, but it would, I would have to rewatch it again. It, it would be a really close call. Yeah. I think it, it was, was a fun one. It, it, it wasn't one that you were like, uh, oh my god! I can't. I think we're not equal. You know, I could have. You could have made a case for both, and right. maybe that's why they artificially chose them to be the the top two. Um, yeah, no, they were the top two in the roast. Yeah. Um, because 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 also you can make an argument because Manila actually really did learn those scat words. Like she actually could have done that thing. Like was it Dita Ritz who pointed to her mouth? Yeah, yeah. And no, she, uh, Coco pointed. Was it Coco? And that was during, I don't know who it is, right? Oh, the maybe, point is, huh? Evan Ayers will come in and correct us, but the point is that um, Evan Ayers can't keep a job, but he can uh, tell you what episodes Stacey Lane Matthews, you know, <laughs> lip synced to, you know, anyway. Well, I can keep track of how many times Stacey Lane Matthews, why is she not just on the show if they're going to put her in well, every And then episode? they also, she's clearly not even there. Yeah, right. right. Which is she's so funny. green screened everywhere. Yeah, she's green screened everywhere. But it's like so funny. But yeah, it's so it's so bizarre. Um, okay. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, the lips. Oh, it was Coco. Oh, was it Coco? Yeah, the yeah. one that lips that pointed to her mouth. So the point is that she actually knew the words. Okay. So what I was going to say is I, I thought it was pretty even in my book. But now I want to get to what did you think? I want to say this because it's been bothering me the whole time. Okay. Is when Lady Bunny appears, you see in the background as the girl, they do the reverse shot from the mirror. You see Monique so scared she's running to the back of the workroom. <laughs> yeah. Which then makes no sense because then she says, turn around, you know, and then the girls are standing there. So were they just not there and then they reshot it with the girl standing there? Absolutely. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's all produ- It's It's a, they're making a show. We have to suspend our disbelief that. These that four queens with cameras on them were sneaking in quietly behind <laughs> with heels, wearing heels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just have to pretend like this all happened in a matter of five seconds. That they they all hit their marks and we're mm-hmm. looking at them. It's it's just a part of the show. Now, before you know, I have a limited time with you, but I want to talk about something. So, Willem, and, and, and even if you don't like spoil, you don't have to worry about this. We're not going to have any spoilers here. But we can reveal that there was a spoiler that was floating around that Willem went on Reddit and said that this was all, you know, rigged in favor of a certain queen because RuPaul made this up on the spot to save a certain queen. And I think actually watching the episode, it sort of disproves Willem's theory. 
I don't think that this particular queen was being saved because even this this particular queen could have lost, and she would have just come back the next episode, and nothing would have changed. Like an Alyssa Edwards situation. Yeah, like an Alyssa Edwards. What 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 was what was what was different if this person was saved or or, or gone home? Nothing. Everything would have been exactly the same. Well, I think the tell will be on the next episode if they reveal who was who whose lipstick they pulled. I think that that will be a huge tell of if this tea was true or if it was just speculation. Oh, I think the tea is true. I think that the that that both people picked the same person. I do believe that. I just don't think. I think it was. You can tell it was planned from the very beginning. In other words. That's actually more the, the rigor moris is really that they knew going in storyline wise we're gonna save two queens no mm-hmm. one's going no, no there's not gonna be one winner okay I love how cheap they are that they could just give each of them ten thousand dollars like <laughs> I know right like each they have to split it anyway that their two queens are gonna be saved that we're gonna have four remaining ones that's gonna set up the next episode there's a whole storyline that they've already set up and so they knew going in this was gonna happen you know um. Yeah. And so I think that that, that in itself, uh, you're giving too much credit to World of Wonder and the production staff. I, I think it was completely planned out. And I was okay. expect yeah, because it, 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 the way Willem sold it, you thought it was like this weird moment that was going to be like that RuPaul's changing the, the rules in the fly right there. And I just didn't buy that. I I, uh, I believe that it was planned the whole time. And it didn't matter what lipsticks were, what names were on that lipstick. Because also from a production standpoint... They go in, they're in their angelic white. The girls who come in are in their, what would be in theory, what the outfits they would have worn for the roast of Lady Bunny. They're in mm-hmm. their dark funeral clothes. So that's yeah. why you needed that contrast. That means the eliminated queen would have to go and either change back into that outfit or stand there in the angelic white. And it's not worth it because it wouldn't, it wouldn't change anything. Right. You know? So, and then if you want, there's more theory, there's more reasoning why, if you listen to the to the spoiler part earlier. Why that couldn't be the case. Uh, any other final thoughts on the episode, Jay Ellis? Um, overall, I think that it was a fun episode. Yep. And I always like the comedy ones. So, you know, you, you get some good jokes. And I think I might revisit the episode again just to mm-hmm. rewatch it. I completely agree with you. I don't think I said this at the beginning, but I'll say it now. You were right where this one was the one that you could feel it drag a little more than usual. But it was still better than most All-Stars 3 episodes. Oh, and, absolutely. But it was the first time, I will say, in the entire season that I've actually checked my clock to see what time it was. Mm-hmm. There was there was something that was... But again, we spoke just at the top of the show. But uh, is there anything else that I'm missing? Let me look at my notes here. I'm trying to make you push your time limit as much as possible. <laughs> uh, I, I will, while you're looking, too, I want to say they really are making Trinity the narrator of this season. And Monique, like we're not mm-hmm. getting much from anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's I, I'm just echoing what you guys have already said, but I've I've noticed it too as a viewer, and I think mm-hmm. um, we're not getting as much Naomi, Manila, Monet. You know, Val- Valentina comes in every once in a while, I guess. Yeah, but not to drive the story, I guess. No, you're right. And I looked at my notes, and there's not anything that we're missing. All right, well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4. Before we go, though, don't forget, right after these uh, this outro plays, you're going to hear the roast of Joe Batanz. That's right, there's the roast of Lady Bunny, but now there's the roast of Joe Batanz with Evan Ayers, Terrence Latte Boy, and he he's sitting right here next to me, uh, after Buzz TV's Jay Ellis. We're not even anywhere next to each other. So for Jay Ellis and 
myself. Sashay away, you inbred pigs and wigs. <laughs> Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. That's A-L-E-X-L-E-F-E-V-R-E-M-U-S-I-C. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Finally, to find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com. Joe Batance, starring Joe Batance. From Pot is my co-pilot, Taylor the Latte Boy. From the Patreon side of the show, it's Evan Ayers. And from After Buzz TV, it's Jay Ellis. Now, for the first time ever wearing a shirt, please give it up for your first roaster, Jay Thank you for the warm welcome. <laughs> Looking. Re- <laughs> wow, if that one got you, I'm in, in a good mood here. Okay. <laughs> uh, looking around, I see that we have Evan Ayers here, and he is so smart when it comes to drag race. I, oh, you know, let's give him a minute to relish in this. It's the first time Evan has ever been related to as smart. Ooh, I just messed up my <laughs> <laughs> I messed up, but that's I would have been eliminated, but hold on. <laughs> Evan's story is a wild ride, and you know, I can actually see parallels between his story and Lady Gaga and A Star is Born. Both enter like a business that they don't know anything about, and they're groomed by an all-knowing professional. In fact, it reminds me of a famous Lady Gaga quote while she's been doing all of her press. Mm-hmm. There can be 100 bottoms in the room, and 99 don't want to fuck Evan Ayers, and you just need one to believe in you. And that was Joe Batanz. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> oh, oh, and look, we also have Taylor the Latte Boy here. It's good to see Taylor the Latte Boy, a sentence that no one has ever said. <laughs> I'm actually resistant to read Taylor because I was taught to respect the elderly. And even if I did read him, I do think that he would forget the jokes in his old age. You see, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor is so old that his first rainbow pride flag was in black and white. <laughs> Taylor really is the Michelle Williams of... Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Michelle Visage. Of the- <laughs> All of his fan love when he makes a special appearance on the episode. <laughs> and of course, we wouldn't be here without the RuPaul of the podcast, Joe Batanz. He's been doing the podcast for four years, which means pretty soon he's going to try to date and fuck it. <laughs>
<laughs> Joe's singing voice makes RuPaul sound like Adele. <laughs> Every time he sings, it makes me want to slap him across the face. But then I'd have PETA on my ass for animal abuse. In all sincerity, the guys on Drag Race Recap truly make an exceptional podcast week to week and provide so much entertainment for the fans of the show, uh-huh. even the weeks that I'm not on it. So thank you so much for having me. Our next presenter has the face of a cherubic angel, the body of a middle-aged baseball player headed into retirement, and the liver of an 80-year-old drunken sailor. It's Evan Ayers! Hi, everyone. This is Evan Ayers from the Rumor Mill. Uh, what an awesome opportunity that I have here and you all have to come together and celebrate the uh, the many accomplishments of someone who is just so beloved to all of us. Um, he's a proud gay man in our community with a successful broadcasting career, many talents, and adored by fans all over the world. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the one and only Larry Flick. Since Larry couldn't be here, though, I guess we're going to go ahead and talk about Joe. Uh, so I met Joe for the first time this summer and when he picked me up t- for my week with him in L.A. And when Joe picked me up, I'll be honest, I didn't know if I should shake his hand or if I should offer him some lemonade so that guy from To Catch a Predator would show up and make him go away. My week with Joe in L.A. also taught me a few uh, very important life lessons. Um, the highlights were how to talk into a microphone and how to eat three square meals a day before noon. Uh, Joe is like the Andy Cohen of gay podcasting. He loves to stir the pot, but yet he relies on the connections of his successful friends to impress twinks that he met online. All in all seriousness, though, I am so, so thankful for RuPaul's Drag Race because it brought Joe into my life. The first time I ever saw Drag Race was the year 2011, which is a very special year for me for that reason because it was the birth of my love for Drag Race. And for Joe, 2011 was the birth of his boyfriend. Mm. Thank you, guys. Next up, this next presenter almost died from really high blood sugar. Then last year, he got cancer. He's like the saddest entry in the Final Destination series. It's Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am so glad you're all here celebrating the probably shortened life of our co-founder, primary host, and purveyor of all things barely legal, Joe Batanz. <laughs> Joe is a man who likes his boyfriends young. Like, real young. His idea of an ideal guy hasn't taken the PSATs yet. <laughs> if he can drive himself to Joe's place without an experienced driver in the car, Joe is not interested. Joe likes them so young that he once broke up with a guy because he remembered where he was on (laughs) 9-11. Joe is the Susan Lucci of the National Sex Offender Registry. Always so close, but he never makes it. Here's hoping this is your year, Joe. Seriously, we need to protect the children. Turn yourself in. (laughs) Joe's a hypochondriac, in case y'all didn't know. Somehow, last year when I was battling cancer, Joe made it all about him. I'd like to think he was calling my hospital bed daily to support me and make me laugh. But I know now he was just milking me for material for his one-man show. But doctor, you don't understand. (laughs) 
Joe was convinced he found a new mole one time until he realized it was just a black olive from his lunch earlier in the day. And let me tell you something. Once he calmed down, he told me that mole was delicious. Bless his heart, his enlarged, clogged heart. Here at Drag Race Recap, Joe struggled with some of the dynamics of working with co-hosts. At this point, he's managed to piss off a drag queen, a radio bear with actual contacts, and a guy who smokes weed. Let me say that again. Joe managed to piss off a guy who felt the best way to get through dealing with him was to smoke a bowl before we taped an episode. (laughs) At this point, the only co-hosts he can scrounge up are an alcoholic twink, someone who's actually trained in crisis management, and some asshole named Jay Ellis. (laughs) Joe has made more co-hosts uncomfortable than Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer had a successful career in broadcasting. And a waste. (laughs) To sum up, Joe, my life has truly changed because of you and our friendship, and I have three words that sum up how I feel about us. Build that wall. (laughs) Good night, everyone. (laughs) Thank you to all the people who were nice enough to roast me. Now I know how you really feel about me. Next week... Donna Sugars, Daniel Brewer, and Larry Flick join me on RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. See you next week! Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.